Well, now I'm realizing that, so I've been using a scarf and now I have like a winter, another like warm winter thing. And I'm like, I need to get a real mask because it's hot now. <laughs> so when I'm like out today shopping, I'm like, I'm sweating my balls off. I can say balls. It's my podcast. So, um, Welcome, welcome everybody to episode six of the Salsa Soul Food Podcast. Mark and I are live from Zoom. Hey, hey there. We're excited to keep bringing you good content. Hopefully you're enjoying it. Somebody told me the the quality wasn't that bad, so that's nice. Oh, that's really nice of them. I don't buy it, but okay. Yeah, what can we do? What, yeah. what I like, what, what I'm having a good time doing with you is we're really just showing people how this sausage gets made because I'm learning, you're learning. Let's just mm-hmm. open up that pig skin, pig intestine? Chef's? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, what is a sausage made out of? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> it's a pig intestine, I think. This goes I wasn't into- sure. I didn't know. When you said sausage, you threw me for a loop. Um, <laughs> your, eyes yeah, gla- look- your eyes glazed over and just started <laughs> dreaming of it. Have <laughs> a sausage. I'm really hungry, so. So yeah, so like yeah, any any new gear I like to talk about, any like because t- if anyone knows audio better than me, I'm looking for tips just as much as the next guy. I want to hear what what sounds good and what doesn't. So if people think the audio quality isn't that bad, that's pretty nice of them. Yeah, I miss like sitting in that little room and having the um. I mean, not that we recorded many episodes, but I still miss it. I'm like the days. <laughs> it was it. it was enough to form a habit that you <laughs> that you yeah miss I miss it. Um, so yeah, do we? So I was. We have a question. Yes. So there are a couple ways that people can write in questions. One is writing into salsa soul food at gmail dot com. Um, another is if you're more into Instagram, you can just DM. Angela, Salsa Soul Food, Instagram, she'll get that message there. If you want to keep the question a secret and just like really like surprise Angela, then you can DM my Instagram, which is sneaky. Doc Maimon, D-A-H-K-M-A-M-O-N on Instagram. And then, yeah, we can, if you don't want her to know like the question beforehand um, with no preparation whatsoever, you can just message me. (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah we have a question from um paulo from boston uh he writes in um to say i loved your first podcast it was so friendly and open i could listen in and feel like i was learning through your journey how do you feel about at-home genetic testing i keep seeing this advertised to me on instagram and was curious because i suffer from lactose intolerance and have tummy issues there are genetic testing kits that allege they will unlock your dietary needs and restrictions have you tried them? Thanks, Paolo from Boston. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, genetic testing that you can do from home. So a lot of you are probably familiar with like the Ancestry. Is it 21? Basically 23 the one. Me. Oh, that's 23 and me. I'm like such an old person. <laughs> 21 and mom. <laughs> Anyways, that, this is kind of that kind of same concept where you will I believe you do like a, like a swab, like in your mouth. 
and then you send it away and they test the saliva. And so I looked up one, it's called Genoplate, eat for your genes. And so basically they say um, they analyze over a hundred gen genetic markers that influence how your body metabolizes different nutrients. And then, so they kind of analyze it for you and tell you like what type, uh, how much you should eat of carbohydrates, protein, fats, and all those things. And they also can give you insight on um, your sensitivity to gluten or common allergens, right? Like lactose or dairy um, and things like that. So I've never used them, so I can't knock it. Um, and I'm sure that it's probably helpful and has some really good information. And I'm sure other people can maybe, you can read reviews and test it out. But what I would say is that if you want to save some money maybe, and I don't want to take away their, their business, but if you want to save some money, like for example, Powell kind of discovered that he was lactose intolerant, probably because he was eating maybe a lot of dairy and he noticed some discomfort, maybe some diarrhea, bloating, whatever. So you can really just uh, test it on your own. And that's kind of the true marker to like, let yourself know that you're dealing with a food sensitivity because it can also like change throughout your lifetime. So that's the other thing with this genoplate, with the testing you can order is, um, you know, you would maybe want to do it during different times of your life because you might have it during one time and then it changes. The other thing is that you don't necessarily have a doctor going through the results with you. I don't know what the results look like, but usually when you do any type of lab, you want like somebody with you to help you like um, break it down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I have a lot to say about this. Sorry, this is a long answer. <laughs> I'm really going, I like was sleeping last night. I'm like, how am I responding to this question? <laughs> and the other thing I want to say, so yeah, so an elimination diet, which is going to be the topic of this episode. So that's something you can do instead of doing the genoplate, you could just do it yourself. You keep a food journal, what causes food sensitivity. And I'll break that down in the episode. So I won't go too into detail with that. The other thing that has been really helpful for a lot of people who have like chronic skin conditions or IBS, like irritable bowel syndrome, is a doctor can do what can send away for a lab called GI, a GI map or GI mapping. And they can send away for it, you do a stool sample, and it's usually covered by your insurance. That's why I'm mentioning it. And then it comes back with all these results of um, like the good bugs and the bad bugs that are in your gut, um, all different levels of you know, I don't know everything again, because I'm not a doctor, um, but it's just really looking at it uh, in detail. And that can also look at gluten sensitivity and other things. And that a doctor can, most doctors should be able to read it. Um, not all can, unfortunately, but that's like another good um, method. If you want to, again, get it covered by your insurance and have someone like help you narrow things down. So that's the answer. And again, this episode will dive more into looking at that, because um, what I do like about the sending away for it is that you kind of feel empowered to like discover things about your body. So in that sense, I think it's great. Um, so yeah, if anyone's used it, give us a holler. Yeah, tell us about it. I've never actually used it. I think my, sis my sister might have done it okay. just to like look at it. Um, she didn't tell me anything yeah. about like dietary stuff that came with it. Um, so I don't know <laughs> anything about that. Yeah, so she might have done the ancestry one then. <laughs> Did she? Maybe, or she just didn't tell me all like the the information. Oh, all the information. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but how you said like it might tell you like uh, what kind of macros you should be eating. Do you 
do you count that at all when you eat? Do you count your macros? No, there's like, so there's so many different th- ways you can do things. I, I just try to keep like a balance overall. Do you know what I mean? Like not too many carbohydrates, not too many, just for what feels good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely, and I try to just eat like colorful foods because I know that they have more like nutrients in them and there's going to be more things that are, um, you know, versus if you're just eating like processed foods all the time, you're getting like nothing. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I, if I'm yeah, eating, what about eating healthy, that's what I'll do. And especially since, um, you know, elimination diet is the topic of this show. What I learned from you, actually, it's it's very much just like, hey, the the less material around the food, the like the healthier it is. So like, if you're shop if you're shopping in just the produce aisle, you're already doing really well. It's and and that's such like and that's such an obvious thing. Like you can show anyone like a bag of chips or whatever and be like, is this healthy? Like, no, but I like it. Um, (laughs) so it's like kind of an obvious one, but it is really nice to know like if if you don't want to go like hardcore elimination to find out what is causing you issues just like you know shop where things are as close out of the ground as possible <laughs> you know mm-hmm. if it, yeah, if you can just get broccoli and lettuce and like all vegetables like you don't have to you don't have to get processed foods you know yeah no that's true and it's it's even hard for me too especially like during the quarantine <laughs> Cause like, it's also like food so comforting and, and, uh, it's funny because my, so I've been gluten-free for a while and I still do eat gluten. I'm not like going to deny it, Mm -hmm. but now my, my niece and nephew who I live with went gluten-free. So now the whole house is, and I'm like, guys, I've been doing this forever. And now everyone's like, oh, we got to make sure everything's gluten-free. So I'm- We've invented doing gluten-free in this house. (laughs) I'm making fun of everybody, but no, I'm happy for them. Um. (laughs) <laughs> that's not sarcastic but i'm serious what's up with the, the 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 kids in the house your sister has two children maybe mm-hmm. not so young anymore but like with quarantine i don't want to go on too much of a side tangent but like yeah. how much do they understand what's going on and how much is your sister telling them i probably a lot i think they that's a good question but i think they understand because we talk we probably tell them too much about things and we actually should um because kids minds you know, it's overwhelming, but mm-hmm. it's difficult for them, but they understand, like my, they're very cautious, like they don't want people to be like coming into the house, like obviously nobody comes into our house, but. Okay, so they understand the invisible danger. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But are they pissed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're having a hard time. <laughs> it's fun. Gotcha. No, so... I, feel, I feel bad for them. It's very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So that is, I'm feeling pretty good. You want to get into this awesome elimination diet episode? Yep. It's my monologue on an elimination diet. So I hope you enjoy and also message with questions. Like if you want to start it or you're confused, you can also always reach out. Yeah. You've hosted a bunch of these, like you've been the dungeon master of (laughs) of elimination (laughs) diets. Yeah. So it all started with Jody who was on previously her and her previous business partner, Ashley, they did like whole food cleanses and I got like the model from them. And then I did it with my, with my friends and family. So. Yeah. yeah. So if, so you're a, a great resource. So if anyone is actually trying it, like, you know, 
I'm sure they can reach out to you. I've done it a couple times. So yeah, Mark knows the deal. I know the deal. I know like more like the feelings that go along with it. Nothing more than that. So the emotions. Yeah. If, if you're if you're feeling emotional, contact me. If you actually have questions about what to eat and how to go about it, Angela's your girl. <laughs> Enjoy. See you. Good, 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 good. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. So today's topic is going to be elimination diets. In the previous episodes, uh, we really have talked about or mentioned elimination diets in almost you know every every session. So I figured it would be great for me to break this down and sort of help you. Maybe you've tried it before and then you know you weren't happy with the results or you weren't comfortable, and or maybe you're you're new to this and you've never heard of an elimination diet. So I want to kind of help guide you and let you know what the purpose of it is, right? So first of all, I love elimination diets because you can really tailor it to your personal needs and decide how long it will last and then when you will reincorporate the items that you first removed, right? So it's kind of obvious in the name. Elimination diet is when you're removing certain foods that might cause certain reactions or sensitivities in the body, right? It might be things that are affecting your body negatively. And until you remove them, you might not actually know that that one thing was causing that because you weren't really conscious of it. And everyone's at, this happens to everybody, right? And I think this is a great place to start if you want to reset your health in a way that's not super extreme, right? It's not a juice cleanse and it's not a water fast. Although those protocols have their own benefits, just be aware that, you know, they might be more extreme and with um, elimination diets, it might, you might be able to do it with the products that are already at your home, right? And the typical items that are removed during an elimination diet are gluten, sugar, and dairy, right? With the things that I deal with, I found that these are the best things to remove. And if you follow any, you know, healthcare practitioner or natural health coach online, they're going to probably have removed those products or ingredients. And there's a reason for that. For me, I also uh, find it helpful to remove coffee and alcohol. And that doesn't mean you you don't ever have to eat those things again or drink those things again, right? I like to do this for a specific amount of time. And then what I love is this sort of diet called 80-20. 80% of the time, I eat, you know, no gluten, no sugar, no dairy. And then 20% of the time, I go ham, right? And, you know, I eat what I want and I enjoy those things. And you almost enjoy them more once you've eliminated them because you like miss certain tastes and it's just amazing. And I also want to say that you want to, this is very specific to you, right? I'm going to discuss gluten, sugar, and dairy because I think it's talked about a lot and I want to break some myths and kind of get into that. But if you're like, oh, I, I find that I love gluten or I don't think it will help me change, then, you know, look at maybe it's going to be meat for you or it's going to be a specific fruit or vegetable that might be causing some sort of um, negative reaction, right? And also, I want to talk again about something I mentioned in the last episode is there's triggers versus a root cause. So an elimination diet is not necessarily to say, oh, I found out that strawberries, you know, I'm allergic to strawberries. It's more so to say, okay, when I eat strawberries, my, my eczema flares up. Or when I eat strawberries, I notice that I have a stomach ache. 
right? It's not necessarily saying that strawberries is the root cause to whatever your condition is. It's just saying that it might contribute uh, to it or exacerbate the symptom. So again, always keep that in mind. And work with, uh, you know, a nutritionist, a dietary uh, registered dietitian, or, you know, a health coach if you are unsure about making some of these changes, especially if you have a very specific condition. But also don't be afraid to experiment because you're going to eat no matter what, right? So why not try to make some some basic changes? Don't be afraid. Uh, I just want to say that too. So something else I wanted to add is that wheat and dairy uh, are subsidized by the government. So what does this mean? It means that there's a high amount of this product or these products that are produced in order to keep the cost low. And currently there's actually a surplus of dairy because in past years the consumption has decreased and now it is being held in a warehouse, right? So that's kind of interesting. And um, it's similar with sugar, right? They're trying to keep the price of sugar down as well. And so then we, of course, consume more of it. And so I'm just saying this, not to say that there is some conspiracy, although many people believe that, but I'm trying to say is that just be aware of how the economy and how our food is being controlled through the government and how that might affect how you grew up eating. Just be aware of that because it's just no coincidence that we all eat high amounts of wheat, dairy, and sugar in the standard American diet. This has actually kind of been put in place. And so that's why I want you to empower yourself to maybe realize that it's not just some fad or some trend to eliminate these things. It's also to uh, really take a look at what's going on around you. All right. So that was a very serious note. So let's get into this. All right. So you so you might be asking, OK, why do I want to eliminate dairy, gluten and sugar? So first of all, these are foods that are typically, if you read the, the ingredient label, they've probably, there's probably a long list of ingredients, right? So they might have been processed or tampered with, and therefore they might trigger more sensitivities in your body. And many, many, of, you, many of you might say, well, what about meat or what about vegetables? Those are foods that are also can be, can be processed or can have been, um, could have been tampered with. And I completely agree with you, but for the point of today, I'm just going to focus on those three Um, items or ingredients. So dairy is high in calcium, right? Uh, So you might say, why would I want to eliminate that? So one of the, another positive thing about dairy is that it has fresh, fresh dairy has healthy strains of bacteria, but most dairy on the market is pasteurized, you know, for good reason, right? We need it to be pasteurized to a certain extent, but, but when we strip away that maybe um, the bad bacteria, we're also stripping away the good bacteria. So there may be traces, there's still calcium in it, but you can also get calcium from leafy greens, right? And then one of the most important points is that if you look at many dairy products, you'll see a laundry list of ingredients that might not, that probably won't serve you. There might be preservatives um, and other things that you can't even read and you don't know what it is. And if you're not willing to give up cheese, then maybe just reduce it and, you know, instead of milk opt for you know, the almond milk, the rice milk, the oat milks, there's so many things out there. And you can even make your own almond milk at home if you're concerned about, you know, the other ingredients that might be added. Another option too would would be to look for a quality raw cheese. And raw cheese is just a cheese that has not been pasteurized and it's less difficult for the body to digest and you're still getting that healthy bacteria. Another really important issue is that in dairy, there are um, hormones, right? And specifically steroid hormones and then um, especially estrogen has been shown to potentially provoke breast and prostate cancers. And there are studies, you can look this up and you can read about it. 
And so that is why dairy is something that, especially for women, right, you know, our hormones sort of dictate our day-to-day life, uh, and also for men, uh, but just keep that in mind as well. So now gluten, right? Gluten is the one that everyone's been talking about, gluten-free this, gluten-free that. And there are a lot of gluten-free products on the market, right? There's cookies, there's breads, there's pastas. And I'm really not necessarily talking about eliminating normal bread and then eating a gluten-free bread, right? I'm just saying focus on the products that are naturally gluten-free. So what is gluten? It's a family of storage proteins that are found in wheat. So any product made with wheat like bread, a croissant, a cupcake, uh, certain grains have wheat right? They, they, they can create inflammation in your gut and also can affect the thyroid. Uh, and removing gluten can be very hard, but you can focus on increasing vegetables and proteins and then find uh, great gluten-free grains like millet, rice, and oats. And I want to point out that you might have heard of the term leaky gut, which is increased intestinal permeability. So typically bad bugs, quote unquote, like viruses, bacteria, yeast, and parasites, and in addition, gluten, right? They're, these are things that normally would have passed right through, but now they gain entrance, entrance into your system if you do have a leaky gut and have some sort of damage, right? Which most Americans do deal with leaky gut because of the stress uh, of our foods, of our environments, um, you know, many, many factors. But that is a specific reason why gluten is something that people eliminate. Again, you do not have to have celiac disease to have leaky gut and to be still affected by gluten. It just might be a different reaction, all right? Next is sugar, and this is the one that's hardest to break away from. I talked in episode one about I just loved eating king-sized Reese's peanut butter cups, right? Uh, So most Americans deal with sugar addiction. There are studies that have shown that it is as addictive, if not more, than cocaine. And so that's very serious. A lot of you might laugh about that, but it's, it's very true. And think about how much sugar we are giving to our children in the United States. It's kind of crazy. Uh, And sugar, again, is something that if you eat it, you think about it, you kind of get a high, right? It spikes your your blood sugar levels. And then that can lead to a crash, can lead to sort of feelings of sadness and also anxiety. So that's important to point out. Um, And a great place to start, you might think, well, how do I eliminate sugar? How do I know it's even in something? So a great place to start is if you're baking, for example, to use some natural sweeteners such as agave, honey, coconut sugar, or maple syrup. Also, I love adding like a good quality vanilla because although it's not like a sugar, it adds like a sweet sort of flavor to it. And agave, honey, and all these natural sweeteners still have the same effect on the body as refined sugar. It's still going to spike. But what I like about these natural sweeteners is some of them are lower on the glycemic index, which means that the rate at which um, it spikes the blood sugar is lower. And also some of these products like honey also have additional benefits, right? Honey is very medicinal, has antibacterial, antimicrobial um, properties. And so that's another reason that you might want to start to use these instead of the refined white sugar all the time. And also, of course, focus on fruits, right? Fruits are naturally sweet. We have berries, we have bananas, apples, high in fiber, and also a good source of the sugar, right? And another area where you might want to look is in your condiments, right? Most salad dressings, ketchups, mustards, yogurts, cereals, and breads have high amounts of sugar or um, high fructose corn syrup. That's also going to be a form of sugar. 
I don't know about you, but if you go into my fridge on the side, it's where all of the the shelves are, you know, and where all the condiments are. I challenge you, like, go into your fridge right now and read every single label. It's going to have some form of sugar. And sugar can be uh, disguised. There's other, um, you know, names that might, it might actually be sugar, but they're using a different term. And so you don't recognize it as being sugar. Uh, so just be aware of that as well. So you might say, well, how do I do an elimination diet? So first things first is you want to decide what are the things that you want to eliminate. So say you say, okay, I want to just start with eliminating gluten. So for two two weeks to a month, you can decide to eliminate that and keep a food journal. In the food journal, you write down everything that you're eating. And it's not to be obsessive. It's, you know, you should be having fun with this. And in that month, you see how you feel, right? And you can see what are you eating instead of the gluten, right? Are you eating products high in corn? Are you eating high protein with vegetables. And then after that month or two weeks, however long you decide, you then reincorporate gluten and keep a journal, still keep the journal and see how you're feeling. And so you can do a comparison and that will help you decide, okay, maybe I can tolerate, you know, this grain or this, this type of bread, but not this one. Right. And, you know, you can do that with You can also choose for a month to eliminate dairy, sugar, and gluten if you're really up to the challenge or if you've done something similar before. And keep in mind, as you're eliminating these these products, your body might have a detox reaction, right? Maybe you feel more fatigued. You might feel more tired. So that's why I recommend a month because if your body is going to kind of be quote-unquote sort of detoxing, then you want to give yourself time to see the the positive effect of it. Don't just go one day and then say, oh, I don't feel good. I'm just going to give this up. And that's why it might be good to eliminate things slowly if you feel that your body might have a strong reaction, right? So the next thing to do is um, also prepare your, your fridge, your pantry. You don't just wake up one day and start to do this, right? You know, maybe if you already know have some knowledge, then of course you could. But, you know, make a grocery list, uh, put all the ingredients that you want to be buying and not the ones that are going to be tempting to you during that time. That's super important and everybody has to follow that. So now I'm going to give you kind of like a basic menu of a gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free day. Because I think a lot of people are like, okay, this is all fun and sounds great, but what am I going to eat? And I totally get it. When I first started into this lifestyle, I was so nervous and overwhelmed. I was like, I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to do it. And now this is who I am and it's a part of my lifestyle. And that's why I want to share it because I've seen changes in my body and I just want to pass that knowledge on to others. So let's start with breakfast, right? You can make some gluten-free oats with almond milk. You boil them right in the almond milk, add some cinnamon, and then top it off with a banana and, you know, nut butter. sunflower butter, any type of butter you want, um, and then have that with a nice glass of um, hot lemon water or tea. You can still do your coffee if you're not eliminating it. Um, Matcha, matcha lattes with almond milk are great. You can get a lot of matcha at probably most supermarkets at this point. Uh, Another recipe, which I think people often find like so crazy, is that you can make gluten-free pancakes. And of course, like they're not the best thing if you really want to go all Uh, you know, eliminate processed foods because technically gluten-free flour, you know, it hasn't processed to a certain extent. 
but they're really great alternatives um, if you're just starting out. And I just start, made a pancake recipe where the sweetener is um, like a mashed up banana and it's so delicious. Uh, you can have that, you know, with some fruit. Uh, it's really, really yummy. Typically they have coconut flour, almond flour, or gluten-free flours, which you can get even in your basic supermarkets. A lot of places are starting to carry these products, so really keep your, your eye out for that. Another breakfast option as it gets hotter is a great smoothie, right? You can put a lot of frozen fruit, um, banana, berries, some spinach, some water, or almond milk, and there you go. You have a breakfast. Um, again, if you're like an an eggs person, you can have some scrambled eggs with a side of bacon. If you aren't choosing to eliminate meat or eggs, then you can go ahead and have that or do a tofu scramble with some veggies. So that's breakfast. Then for lunch, you could do uh, chicken stir fry with tamari. What is tamari? Tamari is a gluten-free soy sauce that's yummy. And you can mix that with some veggies. Another option, especially if you're vegetarian, you could do a nice fried rice. Um, a lot of Asian recipes are going to be naturally uh, gluten and dairy-free. Uh, some of them will have like some sugar added to like sauces, but also sugar-free as well. So that, that is a good uh, indicator in case you want to look for, for something. And for our afternoon snack, you can have your tea or coffee with a little cup of berries, or you can make yourself maybe like a raw brownie, which is when you combine dates, coconut oil, cacao powder, um, nuts. I have um, a recipe from somebody else that I posted on my Instagram. You can look at that. Uh, and that's a way to, they call it like the three o'clock slump, right? I don't advise snacking all the time. You want to give yourself a rest about four to six hours between each meal. But I like to do an afternoon snack. And sometimes it's something to look forward to. And if it's light and delicious, then I think it's, it's great to incorporate. All right. And then finally, we have our dinner. One of my favorites is to do a coconut curry, coconut chicken curry because it's sugar-free, dairy-free, and then gluten-free. I serve that with veggies and rice. Again, if you're vegetarian, you can use tofu um, or just put um, more veggies, do chickpeas. It's so, so delicious. Uh, another thing you could do is any, you know, piece of meat with veggies or potatoes. And finally, something that... Um, again, is a gluten-free product, is um, there's a gluten-free chickpea pasta that I really like. Uh, again, if you're first starting out doing this, you might not want to go straight for the gluten-free pasta. I advise you to first look at the things that are naturally gluten-free, like fruits and vegetables and meat. Um, but that's an option if you are really missing pasta. It's the one I use, I think it's called Bonza, and it's chickpea-based, so it does have protein. All right, so that's your breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack, and dinner. So I don't know about you, but for the people that I know in my life, if I were to cook for them and have them eat with me, I'm pretty sure that most of them would be able to eat all of those um, items. And so I just want to show you that it, it can be possible, not to say that it's not hard to eliminate gluten, sugar, and dairy, but if you're going to do an elimination diet for a month, I really think that you can do it. And again, Keep that food journal, re reintegrate the foods, and see how you're feeling. So I really hope that that was helpful for you and that, you know, don't be overwhelmed by the information. Just be empowered to, to try something that might really change your body and your overall outlook on health and wellness. So thank you again for tuning in, and I will see you next time. Bye.
The Salsa Soul Food Podcast is hosted by Angela Spignese. Follow her on Instagram at Salsa Soul Food and YouTube at Angela Spignese. It's produced by me, Mark Damon. I edit and mix the podcast and also wrote the theme songs. You can find us on most popular podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. If you like what you hear, please leave a review as it helps people find us. Got a question for Angela? You can write to salsasoulfood at gmail.com and your question could be featured on a future episode.